0: A number of years ago, I was at, uh, I went to Bible college and uh, they taught us this song. It was called, uh, Let the Fire from Heaven Fall. And uh, it was a good song. And so uh, I remember a number of us students in my, my, rare, my blue Ford Escort car. It was, a, it was a beauty, it was a beauty. And uh, so we're driving along Hillsborough Road in Mount Roskill and we're singing Let the Fire From Heaven Fall. And uh, we pulled over to the side of the road because there was a a student in the car behind us and we just wanted to connect. And so we both pulled over to the side, but as we were stopped at the side, this drunk driver uh, went into the, the fuel tank of my car and set the car on fire. And uh, so God answered our prayer, <laughs> let the fire fall, literally it fell and uh, so we all dived out of the car and the guy in the back seat, he got out of the car through the front window because he was right by the fuel tank and he was singed a bit, uh, but nothing serious. So we all, we all escaped and, uh, and the car was actually a write off but I've never forgotten that, uh, that the song that we were singing that, you know, God let the fire from heaven fall. And uh, I believe that we're in a season right now where the fire from heaven is starting to fall and wants to fall and wants to increase more and more in our lives. So I wanna talk to you about that this morning, fresh fire. Let's start with a verse of Scripture in Romans 12 and verse 11. A really interesting verse when you look into it. It says, why don't you read it with me? Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. It's an interesting verse there. The Greek word for fervour actually means, uh, it refers to temperature. And it means boiling for liquids and glowing for solids. So your fire for God, you know, when you boil up some water and you boil a kettle and it's boiling away, that's the fire of God that you should have in your life according to the Scriptures. And or else of a solid, you get a solid and you know, you heat it up and it starts to glow. Uh, that's what the fire of God should be like in our lives. We should be like water that's boiling away or like a, like a solid that's glowing. And I think everyone will notice it. Uh, it'd be hard for you to hide that away. And that Scripture says, never be lacking in zeal, in the fire of God. How many of you know what never means? Huh? What, what does never mean? It means that your fire should not be lacking uh, for a year and not for a month not for a week, not for a day, not for a minute. Your fire should never be lacking in Jesus' Name. According to the Word of God, we are to glow, we are to boil, we are to burn for Jesus. Never, never be lacking in zeal. And you know, that's a real challenge in today's Lukewarm church because you have to go against the tide of complacency and apathy that surrounds you all the time. And so now, when there's someone on fire, we're like, Oh, wow, look at that. Why? Because so many around are not. And so it's a challenge. And uh, you've heard me talk about this before, but I think it's worth repeating the great general of the Salvation Army. Who impacted the globe with the gospel of Jesus Christ? He's on his deathbed, as the story goes. His disciples gather around him, and uh, you know, they're saying, You know, General, do you have got any final words of advice for us, your disciples? And you know, when a person is on their deathbed, it's almost like the last words they speak are almost something that maybe characterised their lives or something that was the thing that kept them going or helped them to be as effective as they were. And we know that Booth was incredibly effective uh, uh, in his service for God. And do you know what He actually said to His disciples? As they gathered around Him for His final words, He said this, He said, "'Tend to the fire, for the nature of fire is to go out, you have to fight every day for your fire, you have to fight every day for your fire, because if you don't, it is going to go out, or it's going to dim and it won't be boiling and it won't be glowing, it'll be just simmering away. And so we've got to battle for this and fight for this. And I think many of us would know, and right now you can think of Christians that were once on fire for God, who once would never miss a Sunday morning, right? Can you think of anyone like that right now? The fire has dimmed. You know one of the first signs of the fire dimming is people are less regular in church. It's just one of the sure signs. So if you know people like that, you can be sure the fire has started to slowly dim in their lives. And God wants this morning, however, I believe, He wants to stir up the fire. How many of you need a bit more fire by the way? (laughs) Those of you who didn't raise your hands, you need it as well, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Because I need more fire today. You know, what happens is that we get out of shape with God. We just do. Happens to everybody from time to time. I'll tell you what it looks like when you get out of shape. You develop attitudes. Just ask the person next to you, how's your attitude? Mm. (laughs) Mmm. That's a word from God for some of you already. You can go home now. That's what God wanted to say to you, is get your attitude sorted out. How's your attitude? You know, another thing is we get offended. Ask the person next to you, are you offended? Mmm. Don't say yes, whatever you do. Or we get out of shape, we don't forgive. It's holding on to a grudge. They're just signs of being out of shape. Another one is we're not serving God. We just come to church, but we don't serve. Uh, We're not pursuing the call of God. But today I want to help us get back in shape. I want us to capture some fresh fire in our hearts. And you know, when you're wanting to get back into shape, capture some fresh food, you know the first thing you have to do is an audit? Yeah, it's good. You can do an audit. Now ask yourself, well, okay, where am I at? Because you can't change something that you don't know where it's at. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you a tough question, all right? Really tough question. And here's the question. The question is, how is your fire today on a scale of one to 10? Don't call it out, by the way. Wherever you've put it, subtract it by two. (laughs) Because, Because we're so generous on ourselves. You've got to do an audit. And then once you've got that audit, you start to work on it. You know, I need more fire. So I'm preaching to myself as well as preaching to you. because so all of this stuff applies to me as well. It's not just for the congregation, we're all needing the fire of God, but we're in a season where God is igniting fires. He is. We're seeing it, especially in our prayer meetings. When last Thursday night, there's so many people and the the, not only the prayer the the intensity is going up as well and then the the half night of prayer I mean there are more people at 10:30 than I've seen historically in our church and there's more people coming along so one of the surest signs of getting fire is prayer meetings you know it's it's easy. you can get to church but it takes some fire to really start, and as I've been telling you, the, the revived prayer meetings have doubled in number. It's, it's just amazing what's going on. So right now, God is igniting fires. And I wanna encourage you to catch the fire. Tell the person next to you, catch the fire. Yeah, come on, catch the fire. That's a good thing to do, isn't it? There's a great verse in uh, Luke, uh, Leviticus 6 verse 13. It says a fire shall always be burning on the altar, on your altar it will never, it shall never go out. Wow, that's how it was. The altar, the fire on the altar was to be kept burning all the time and to never, ever go out. But there's a challenging verse of Scripture in Matthew 24 when they asked Jesus the signs of the last days. Watch this real close. Because of lawlessness will abound, that's wickedness, evil, The love of many will grow cold. But he endures to the end, shall be saved. One of the tragic signs of the last days which we are living in now is that the love of many is gonna grow cold. Why? Because of the society and the environment which we're gonna find ourselves challenging us to keep the fire burning. So it's to keep this fire burning is gonna be more and more challenging and is now more challenging than it has ever been because as the evil and the wickedness and the ungodliness surrounds us on every front, it's gonna be that much more challenging to maintain the fire of God in our lives. And if you look into the Greek of that verse, what it means, the thought here, is that there's a cold wind blowing. There's a cold wind blowing to dampen the fire of God's people. And so I'm preaching a a message to alert us to what is actually going on in society today and what the enemy is doing in all of our lives to, 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 for that wind to blow upon us, I wonder if you can feel it. Yeah. I can. Yeah. I can feel the cold wind blowing. It's there all the time. You turn on the TV and often there's a cold wind blowing yeah. to dampen your fire. Yeah. After you watch that program, ask yourself, have I got more fire now? That's a good question. Or is it dimming my fire? You know, most of the stuff that people watch on the internet is to, it's a cold wind blowing. People living on social media. I'm on social media, nothing wrong with it, but you know, we can live on it so much. Look at this and look at that and look at the other thing, and I, I see it myself. And there's, I realise after I've been looking at it for a while, I think there's a cold wind blowing to dim the fire. Most movies that people watch, it's a cold wind yeah. Yeah. to dampen out. Anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? Anyone are you know, you're going very quiet on me? It's not a message to clap and cheer, is it? It's a serious message, isn't yeah. it, folks? Because yeah. you don't want the cold wind to get you. Yeah. Because once it gets you, it's really hard to live the Christian life. I mean, if not impossible to live it. So, you know, what often happens is this, is that we come to church like today and hey, well done for being here. It's great, because everyone's not here, (laughs) but you are. So tell a person, well done for being here this morning. It's great. (laughs) It's good that you're here, it's great. But you know what happens when we come and we we sing and we hear the Word and we get filled up and maybe fired up and stirred up, you know, and then we go home and the cold wind starts to blow. Then by the end of Monday, Tuesday, if we're not careful, we've lost the, the stirring of the Spirit of God. And it happens to every one of us. Do you know how I know that? Because if it never got us, if we never lost any of that fire, we would all be absolutely ablaze for Jesus every single day. <laughs> Therefore, it tells me that it does drain out of us because that cold wind, it's just, it's just there, it's everywhere. They asked D.L. Moody why he placed such an emphasis on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, because the Spirit leaks out. You know, we get filled up, but the tank gets filled up, but then it... Blow, and then, then it leaks out of us. There's two winds blowing right now. There's a wind to set us on fire and there's this cold wind blowing to dampen our fire. And I wanna encourage you today, be in that first category where the, the fire of God is blowing today on your life, on my life, to set us ablaze more and more than ever before. And I want you this morning, So, what I want you to do. You know, from the least spiritual person in the room to the most spiritual. If you reckon you're you're at the top of the tree, this is for you as well, all right? What I want you to try and do as I speak this morning is identify what cold winds are trying to get you. There's some, there are some. There's, how do I, because there's some trying to get me. 100%, 100% trying to get me. And I'm identifying what they are. And I'm thinking, watch that one. Because the enemy knows where you're vulnerable. He knows what you're drawn to, to dim your fire. Now, some of the things that dim your fire aren't bad things. They're not necessarily wrong things. Sometimes they are, but they're not necessarily wrong. And that's the the deception of Satan. It's not wrong, it just dims your fire. You know, it doesn't fire you up, it fires you down. And so, I want you to, every one of us in this room, please, because it's gonna help you moving forward to identify where's your vulnerabilities. You know, it it could be, you may have a hobby that you love, but it just takes a bit more time that you could be maybe in prayer. You got it? Or Or in the Word or, ringing some person in need, you you know, so it's nothing wrong with a hobby, but it can be anything that God, used, the enemy uses just to just keep that fire below the surface so that we're not burning quite as much as we should be. All right, fasten your seat. Tell the person next to you, fasten your seatbelt. We're gonna, go into, we're gonna go into some heavy turbulence now. How many of you like turbulence in preaching, by the way? All yes. the front row, eh? <laughs> well, Front row, back row, we're all gonna get it. So here we go, 2 Timothy 3, one to four. In the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be, and I've just summarised this one. For men will be in the last days, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, unthankful, unholy, unforgiving, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. So Satan's working over time to seduce us in three areas. Alright? Let's look at them one at a time. I'll give them the whole three that what they are. It's love of self lovers of self, lovers of money, and lovers of pleasure. If you watch most advertising and media today, it's geared towards those three things lovers of self, lovers of money, Lovers of pleasure. All right, let's look firstly at lovers of self. A lovers of self means it's all about me. It's all about me. Me, myself and I is the Holy Trinity now. It's all about me. I'll do what I want to do. Thank you very much. And you will not tell me what I should do because I know what's best for me. You hear these interviews all the time and I hate them. And they always say, I'm gonna do what's best for me. And I think, well, what about the impact on other people? When you make a decision, how's it gonna affect somebody else around you? How's it gonna affect your family, your friends, your church, your neighbours? What is it gonna do to other people? It cannot be all about me. That is idolatry at the highest level. We got to kill this baby, man. We got to put it to death. We got to get it out of the way. That's why Jesus says, Die to self. Take up your cross and follow me. I told you we're heading for some turbulence. (laughs) All about me. Does this make me feel good? Wow. Tragic, friends. Absolutely tragic. So what does Jesus say Mark 8, 34 to 36? Whoever whoever desires to come after me. How many of you desire to come after Jesus, by the way? There's a few of us, well, here you go. Let him deny himself. Tell the person next to you, it's time to start denying yourself. Well, it's gone pretty quiet there. Deny yourself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. So when you love yourself, friends, here's the deal, you lose your life, you lose your life, you miss out on life, you miss out on the favour and the goodness and the blessing of God when you love yourself, when you don't die to self, you miss out on life according to the Scriptures. You die to yourself and you find life. That's why the Bible says, you know, you lose to gain, you die to live. You sow to reap, you give to receive. It's all opposite. It's the upside down Gospel, which too many Christians never, ever understand. And then they wonder why Christianity is not working. It is an upside down Gospel. As we deny ourselves, as we die to self, leads to the best possible life on the planet. Do you know why? (laughs) When you live for self, it's a bottomless pit you will never satisfy yourself. It just can't be done. God has orchestrated your life so that if you live that way, you'll forever be empty and frustrated and unfulfilled. But when you put this baby to death, (laughs) you start to live. All right. Shall I move on to the next point? (laughs) Please do, everyone said, (laughs) Hurry up, get on it. It's gonna get tougher. Lovers of money. How many of you do not love money? (laughs) We'll put their lovers of money to the test, right? Offering bags please, right now. (laughs) No one's gonna admit that they love money. Just try and get it out of their pocket and you'll find out. Lovers of money. This is bigger than we think. In fact, I believe this is massive. I believe it virtually gets all of us, including me. The world is feeding it into us all the time. What is advertising? You need this and you need that. Things you never even thought you needed, you now need. Isn't that amazing? eh? You need that and you need that and you need that. And to have all those things, what do you have to have? You have to have money. So we have to pursue money. So there's this, this plan of the enemy To make us lovers of money, and God goes the Bible goes even further, says you can't love God and money. Wow. Money can't mean too much to us and love God at the same time. This one needs to be killed, folks. Needs to be slain. You don't hear this preached much, do you? But it's real. I reckon that one's probably one of the biggest ones that's a cold wind blowing, money. It means too much to all of us. I was in Sri Lanka a number of years ago and heard this incredible story. This man was, I stayed, with, I stayed in this house, he was an engineer <clears throat> and he got this viral infection. And because it was a viral infection, it paralysed him. And so he couldn't walk. So he's desperate. He's crying out to God. He wakes up in the night and God gives him a scripture. And the scripture is Daniel 5 23, which says this You have praised the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. You've praised the gods of silver. And gold. He realized it was true. That money meant too much to him. It just meant too much. He wanted money too just said too much. Now I'm not saying that he was a passionate lover of money. He may have been, but it just meant too much to him. I just want to make money. I just want to make money. No doubt, so I can give to the kingdom. <laughs> we always have to add that, but makes it makes it justified. He realised it was right. He said he realised it was true. So he repented. He surrendered his finances to God in its entirety. And he surrendered his life to serve God. Woke up the next day totally healed by the power of God. He then went on to develop a business, making towers for power supply in Sri Lanka and became the number one supplier of towers in Sri Lanka with a staff of 200 people. Once he dealt with the love of money, His life was totally transformed by the power of God. So much so that at lunchtimes, I was there, he would hold prayer meetings in his home for the ministry he was involved in. Lovers of self, lovers of money. Here's the big one, well, they're all big. Lovers of pleasure. What makes me feel good? I think most of us spend our whole lives on this one. What makes me feel good? What's going to make me happy? And everything in the world is screaming at us all the time how to increase our pleasure, how to increase our entertainment. You know, so we just feel good all the time. We want more and more and more. You know, when we discover something that makes us feel good, it might be like, and I'm guilty of this too. It might be like watching sport or going to sports. Club. It just makes you feel good, so you want more of it and more of it. But before you know it, this love of pleasure, yeah. love of always wanting to feel good, and you know, so, so, the enemy uses this as a cold wind to reduce our fire. You know the entertainment is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? It's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. The entertainment, movies and internet and social media. It's the entertainment industry and it's, it's, it's after all of us. And so we buy into it. We want to, I buy into it too. We want to be entertained. We always want to be entertained. It's lovers of pleasure. Just loving pleasure. And you know, when you become a lover of pleasure, it's very hard to do something that doesn't give you an emotional buzz, all right? So why would you come to a prayer meeting if it's not gonna give you a a high? Why would you be in church all the time if it's not gonna give you a high? Why would you go to prayer and the Word if it's not gonna emotionally make you feel good and entertain you? So this is the lovers of pleasure. It's gotta fulfill our emotional tank and make us feel good and make us feel better. And if it doesn't, we're gonna run a 1,000 miles from it. It's tough stuff, isn't it? It's a stronghold, friends. Yeah. And it's after every one of us. Love of a pleasure. However, the truth is this. I'm gonna have to do part two on this. Because I, I'm gonna next part is, the, the best part's about to come, but my time is gone. Oh man, I should have given the good part first. Never mind, you have all the bad part. The truth is this, folks. When the fire of God (laughs) burns in your heart, it is the most fulfilling, the most rewarding, the most satisfying, the most exciting life possible on the planet. Nothing in the world will ever touch the fire of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the love of God, the service of God. No drug friend, no entertainment, nothing the world offers you will come even close to what God offered you in a life that is surrendered to Him and a life that is on fire for the Holy Ghost. It is the best life on the planet. No drug, no drug will come near it friends. No entertainment will touch it because entertainment is shallow. It doesn't last. And you know what it does? It makes you need more of it the next day. What what entertainment satisfied you today will not satisfy you tomorrow. It's gotta go to another level because your emotional tank needs more and more and more. That's why people go on a heavier and heavier and heavier drugs we got to go into more and more and more pleasure because what yesterday's pleasure no longer satisfies us. But when you're running with God, yes. folks, I know what I'm talking about. I've done this journey over 40 years and I'm telling you, there's no life on the planet that will come close, that will come near, that is even a shadow of what I've been able to enjoy in all of these lives of running with God, of running with fire and living my life with Jesus as best as I have been able to do. That's why I call my radio programme, <coughs> TV programme, Running With Fire. Jody and I came up with that 40 years ago, 30, I don't know, 20 odd years ago, is it? I don't know how long it is. For all these years, decades, I've kept the fire burning by the grace of God. God may know better. I don't think it's ever dimmed to any significant level. It may have had its troughs here and there. Overall, but I reckon today I have more fire than I've ever had. You hear, don't you? Oh, he's just a zealous new Christian. What happened to the zealous old Christian? I reckon the longer we're Christians, the more fire we should have. Just gotta look after the fire. There's a cold wind blowing. Don't let it get you, folks. Don't let it get you. And if it's got you, you're in the right place. Because <laughs> we're about to set you on fire. Come on musicians, come on singers. Bring your fire, bring your passion, bring your zeal, bring everything you've got, because we're gonna impart it to every person in this building. If you've already got plenty of fire, we're just gonna add a whole lot more fire. So. I guess if the truth be known, they could arrest me, because I'm a pyromaniac. I love lighting fires. I just love lighting fires. There's few things that thrill my heart more than seeing Christians on fire. It's just something that, ooh, it just gives me goosebumps on goosebumps when I see the real fire of God in His people. Because you know when you've got the fire of God, and I finished with this kind of point here right now, is when you've, I'm gonna make two points. I reckon when you don't have the fire, lukewarm Christianity is the most boring life possible on the planet. <laughs> Do you know why? Because you can't enjoy the world and you can't enjoy God. You're caught in between and it is boring. I would hate to live in that zone. I don't think I could do it. But when you have the fire of God, everything moves from I have to be in church to I want to be in church. I have to serve to I want to serve. I have to give to I wanna give. You know, everything goes from I, I, I have from I have to, to I want to. And when you want to, it is easy to do it. Let's stand together, shall we?